Good morning and welcome to uh, our third week of our Habit series. I'm so glad you guys are here today. I'm so thankful for the sons and daughters of the house in here today that lead us in worship every single week. They do such a good job and I really feel like the Lord's already spoke with us. He's already met with us and I really feel like we could just kind of go home, but I prepared this message for you. I think you guys want to hear it because the expectation to me, it seems like it's high in here today. And so I believe this day, we say this every week at our church, if your expectation is high, God can meet you there. If your expectation is low, you need to raise it up a little bit, all right? Raise it up a little bit. God wants to, God wants to share something with you. God's doing something special in our church in this season, and uh, you got here at the right, the right time. We've been in a series, um, we've been in a, a time for our church called the 21 Days of, of Prayer and Fasting, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, and really that's just a moment for us to kind of set some time aside for God to speak to us. And for God to use us and to do some things in our life in a, in a special way. And so tomorrow morning, I just realized this, tomorrow morning is a holiday. For some people, they'll be, you'll be out of school or out of, in school or out of school, but you'll be out of school. But you, maybe you have to go to work or you don't have to go to work. But tomorrow morning at, on Facebook Live at 6.30 a.m., we've been doing it the last two weeks. There's only one week left of our, of, our, um, of, our, of, our, of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we'll be live tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. And God's been healing people. God's been restoring relationships and, and fixing broken things and broken people. And he's been doing that right through our Facebook Live. And God can meet with us through technology. I'm so thankful for technology. It could be a bad thing, but it could be a good thing. We're going to use it for the glory of God. And so that is, um, that's what we've been going through. If you didn't get a prayer guide, you can grab one on the way out today. Or you can download one online at hopewintergarden.com and click on 21 days. We'd love for you to follow with us. If you've been fasting, you've only got seven more days. If you haven't heard us talk about fasting and you, this is your first time coming, then you only have to fast for seven, seven days, all right? You are lucky. Some of you guys are like, next year, I'm going to come seven days. I'm going to come 14 days late. <laughs> That's my kind of church. I'm gonna make, God will make a way. <laughs> I'm coming next week on Friday. <clears throat> but we're praying and and we're fasting and we're believing for God to do some incredible things. And then next, next Saturday night, we're going to end our whole entire t our 21 days together in a night of worship. And last year we had a night of worship and, and um, we meet here on Saturday night from 7 p.m. It's an hour of just straight going after all that God has given us. And it's praising God for all that he's going to do and praising God for what he's going to do next. And so come with the high expectation next Saturday. Mark your calendars. It's going to be awesome. The stage is going to be full. The Holy Spirit's going to be full. The place is going to be full. And you're going to leave full. And um, or maybe you're holding on to something. Maybe you're going to leave empty. You're going to leave that burden. You're going to be able to leave a burden here. And it's going to be a great. It's going to be a great time. Here's what we know. <clears throat> Here's what we know is that if you if you decided to do a resolution this year that you've already gave up on it already. That's most people. The resolutions those are gone. And um, I can prove that to you very 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 clearly. Um, we come here every single Saturday night and we set all this up. This doesn't set up by itself. In case you're wondering, and we don't show up this we don't show up in the morning time and set it up. We come at Saturday night and we set all this up so we can have church in here today. And um, the first two weeks of the year, I came here on Saturday and I, to pull our trailer, and I have to wait to pull our trailer in. And I got to wait to find a space, and it's, the gym was packed. I walked in here yesterday, and there was one person in this gymnasium. They say, statistics say that 83% of, um, of all the resolutions will be over by Valentine's Day. So a few people are still hanging in there. And, um, but they don't last for long. So what we're trying to do over our time together is we're trying to create some habits. Here's what we know about habits. Our habits will make or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Our habits will make or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. And so if you're doing healthy things, you will become healthy. If you're, if you're doing things that are unhealthy, you're not going to be unhealthy. I have a friend here today, um, um, and he rides bikes. 
And um, he doesn't like ride bicycles like on the trail where it's nice and safe and it's nice and nice and safe and it's comfortable and nobody's going to run you over. Um, we, we, he does this mountain bike terrain thing. And the other day he goes, hey, Pastor West, you want to come riding bikes with me? And I was like, yeah, sure, Matt, let's go riding bikes. It can't be that hard. We get out of the car. He's like, here's your helmet. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. I was like, I know who's dying first in this movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like, and then he's like, he gets in his bag and he's putting shin guards on. And I'm like, oh man, I have signed up for something that I'm not exactly sure. So we did it and I survived it and he took it easy on me and I really appreciate that. But we went back again and he's like, Pastor West, I really think you need to try one of these harder courses. <laughs> and uh, there's, a phrase, um, there's a phrase in bike riding, I don't know this from personal experience quite yet, but I feel like I'm going to head there. It's called um, OTB. It stands for over the bars. And um, some of you guys are like, that sounds like a drink. It's not. OTB is like when you go over the handlebars. And I don't want to, I haven't gone over the handlebars. He's like, all right, we can go over here. This is, this is, this is a red. This is a red. This, you're you're going to do great. I'm like, dude, I appreciate the encouragement. I feel like you're taking me out here to leave me to die. That's what I feel like. And I survived it. I don't want to get, I don't want to get really good at that sport because I feel like the more you do it, the likelihood of accidents happening. There's, when there's terms for eating sand and going over the bars, that means it happens. I'm not interested in that. So I, I think I'm committed for like once every couple of years. Like I'm good now for a while. So it's just such a, it's such a fun thing. But the, what you become, what you repeatedly do, the more you do it, you'll get, you'll get better at it. You're like, some of you guys, you guys have woken up all, all every single morning. You, you've been online at 6.30 waiting with expectation. You'll become, you'll get better at what you repeatedly do. You'll get better at what you repeatedly repeatedly doing that. I want to introduce this idea to you today as well, is that our habit must be established before it can be improved. A habit must be established before it can be improved. No, a lot of you guys are going to tell you, come in here, and you're going to stop doing this, and stop doing this, and stop doing this. And I say throw away that idea of what you're going to stop doing, and I want you to implement what you're going to start doing. Start doing some things that are going to help you. Start doing things that are going to be beneficial to you. Start things that are going to, that are going to build your life or make you, a better, make you a better person or make you a better follower of Jesus. And so we want to give you some habits. The first habit we looked at last week or two weeks ago, we looked at fasting. We looked at fasting. So we're two weeks into that. We've got one more, one more week left. But here's what we learned about fasting. Fasting prepares us for battle. You're in a battle. The Bible tells us that there's an enemy out there. He's looking to tear your life apart. He wants to tear your marriage apart. He wants to tear your family apart. He wants to pull your kids out of church. He wants to pull your kids away from your other siblings. Like there's an enemy out there. He's trying to battle with you. God wants you to know that fasting prepares you for battle. Jesus himself fasted. Fasting is a sign of surrender. And saying, God, I I want to build my life on you, God. I'm going to surrender. Whatever you want from me, God, is what I want. I want to encourage you today. Whatever God has for you is so much better than what you want for yourself. Like, you may want some good things for yourself, and I'm, I'm all for good things, and, and you want God to bless you, and I think I want God to bless you, but God wants to do something so much greater than just what you think he can do for you. He wants to blow your mind. We have a God that, that's a, a God of immeasurably more. That you can't, here's the cool thing about our God. We can't fully comprehend him. And I, told, I tell you guys all the time, like, I don't want a God I can fully describe to you, fully explain to you. I, I, sometimes people say, man, how do you know there's a God? I'm like, I just know there is. Like, that's not very good scientific historical evidence, but man, he, I, he's been in my life. He's moved in my life. I know, I know the punk 15-year-old version of West Beecham. I know the 25-year-old version of West, the 35-year-old version of West, and I know God has made me different all along the journey, and he's made me better. I, I know that. I may not be able to prove him 100% with science and history, but I do know this, that he's in me, he's moving in me, he speaks to me, he lives inside of me, and he can do the same exact thing to you. Fasting is a sign of surrender. Fasting makes room for God. We also looked at prayer. Prayer makes the impossible possible. 
Yesterday, we had 30 or so of our friends show up at our office um, to pray at 8 a.m. We're going to do it again next Saturday morning because we believe that we want to keep on asking God to meet with us. When we pray, impossible things become possible. I know every single one of you today, we can go around the room from John Wesley Beach in the first, all the way back around to John Wesley Beach in the second, and we can find something in our life that seems pretty impossible. Some of you guys, maybe you're sitting next to that thing. <laughs> I can say that because I'm not sitting next to my wife. But you know, if I was sitting next to her, she'd say, yeah, that is, he's impossible. God, is, she is thankful. Dinah believes this point. She would have said amen, but she already listened to me once. She ain't about to listen to me again. You know what I'm saying? This is only, only, only good for one Sunday with her. But I just believe that God can make the impossible possible. We pray for that. Dinah prays a lot for me. <laughs> she told someone, I heard told someone, she goes, man, I cried the first two years of marriage trying to be married to Wes. I'm like, was well, it that bad? She's like, well, it wasn't that good. <laughs> I was like, your mama. <laughs> Prayer makes the impossible. It makes the impossible possible. I know I can be impossible, and Diana's prayed for me, and you've prayed for me, and I've prayed for you, and some of you guys I pray extra for. And pray, prayer makes the impossible possible. And then secondly, prayer invites God to show up. <clears throat> and what we want more than anything for you is we want God to show up in your life. That's what we want. If God shows up in your life, you're going to be okay. You may be lonely, but if God shows up, you're going to be okay. Things may not be working out in your financial house, but if God shows up, you're going to be okay. Things may not, the holidays might not have ended the way that you wanted to go, but if God shows up, you're going to be okay. I got a text message last night from a, um, from a friend of mine, doesn't go to our church, and he says, hey, man, I saw you guys been praying through this 21 days, and it seems like God's answered some of your prayer requests. Can you pray for me? I'm not, I had a, they're a little, he had a friend of his, two-year-old boy, get life flighted to the hospital because they found him in the pool. Two years of age. I got a text this morning. He said, man, I just, you know, it, it was his time to go to, it was time to go to heaven. He was driving these three little kids to, so, to go say bye to their little two-year-old brother. Gone. And I just believe that prayer is the only thing that can, can help in those, times, in those times of need. God, want, God can show up in those seasons. Man, we gotta pray. The Bible says we gotta pray, we gotta pray, we gotta pray, we gotta pray. And we wanna build a house, this Hope Church, we want it to be a house of prayer. But we ask God to show up and when he shows up, shows up, he shows up and he does what only he can do. He makes the impossible things possible. But today, I wanna talk to you about scripture. I want to talk to you guys today about scripture because we're trying to give you habits. Fasting is a good habit. <clears throat> Prayer is a great habit. But we also want to talk to you guys today about scripture because we believe this, this work can change your life. And so if you have a Bible, <clears throat> you can begin to open up to uh, Revelations chapter 22. We are going to, read the we're going to read the last part of the book of the Bible. Like we're going to, we're going to like, you're like, Wes, that's like not good pastoring. Like you're going to read the end. Like why would we come back next week, Ashley? You gave us the ending before I give you the ending, I want to give you the beginning because today we're going to read the whole entire Bible from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Revelation chapter 20, 20, 22. And some of you guys are like, Yo, he's, he talks fast. Some of you guys look at your friend like, you brought me on the wrong Sunday. Like, bring me back when he has caffeine inside of him. You know, like, this is not, this is not going good. Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says this, in the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the very beginning... It's the very first book of the Bible, the very first verse in the Bible. In the very beginning, God created all this, created all the heavens and all the earth. He, he did that. Like, our, our God created all those things. Where's I love about our God? Is our God was at the very beginning. I know a lot of gods that come around, the sun gods, they came around at a certain point. They came around, the, 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 the female gods, they came around at a certain time. And the God of the animals, they came around at a certain time. But our God has been around since the very beginning. Our God didn't just show up one day. Our God didn't show up by accident. I, talk, I listened to scientists talk about God all the time. They said, I figured out how the heart works. I figured out how the creation works. I figured out how the high tide and low tide comes. I, I figured out how flowers open and shut. He goes, I figured out all those things, but I can't figure out one thing. And the one thing that every scientist can't figure out is this. Where did the first Adam come from? And I like to tell you today, I know where he came from. In the beginning. 
In the very beginning, God created the very first Adam, and then all these things happened, okay? So if you're trying to figure out where you came from and trying to figure out where it all began, where it all started, it started in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the very beginning, you started with God. You start with God. The Bible also tells us in the New Testament, in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the very beginning was this book. This book's been around for forever. Translators that translated um, from, the King, from the Greek and Hebrew, um, King James in 1611 paid. He had the money, and he had it translated from the Greek and the Hebrew. He paid to have it translated in, this, in the King James Version, 1611. And you and I have an old, an old English Bible. Since then, we have the NIV, and there's tons and tons of translations of this book. But this book has been around since the very beginning. You're like, Wes, well, I don't know what that means. How does that mean that? The Bible says, in the very beginning was the Word. And the Word, the Bible says, this is God. The Word is God. And the Word was God. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word actually is God. We actually get to talk, spend time. When you open this book, this is God talking to you. Wes, I don't know why God isn't talking to you. Maybe because you know, this book's not open. Why can't I hear from God? Maybe because you're not opening up this book. Maybe you're not talking to him. Maybe you're not spending time with him. The more you do that, the more you will hear from him today. And so if you've been joining us with us today, or the last 21 days, we've been in a thing called, um, or we've been using a thing called a SOAP journal. And it stands, SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. I know that's on the screen for you. Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And so I want to read some scripture to you today some more scripture to you. I want to make a couple of observations and I want to apply that to all of us and then we're going to pray and we're going to worship and I'm going to get you on your way and then we're going to come back here tonight with all of our 6th through 12th graders and we're going to do it all over again with our 6th through 12th graders. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time with them as well. But before we do our soap, we open up with our journal every single day and it says this, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? And I want to let you know today that I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for this church. This morning somebody bought me a breakfast smoothie. I was so thankful for that today, an acai bowl, homemade. And then this morning, um, the second service, Christina um, brought me a smoothie. And I was over there just trying to get a brain freeze, just trying to get all of it while it's nice and icy cold. And I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for you guys. Just yesterday, you guys came out. We had over 50 volunteers. We had 30 people show up to pray, 30-something plus people show up to pray. And then we left that prayer meeting. We went over to the Koei Taco Company, and we helped build about 40 beds for kids in our city who don't have a bed. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for the volunteers and the people that make up Hope Church. Because church isn't a person. Church is the people. Church is the people. So I'm thankful for you guys today. And if you're not a part of this team, we want to invite you. There's a special place for you today. My friend Ivy is here today. And I'm so thankful she's here today. And I'm thankful you're here today. If you're here today, thinking, I wonder if anyone even notices that I'm here today. You're noticed here. And we're glad you're here today. And God's got a word just for you. It may not be for the person to the left or the right, but he's got a word He's got a word for you. I'm glad Nicole's here. Nicole has made it from the back row in six months all the way to the third row. You have arrived. I don't know if you have to pay extra for those seats, but you made it into the third row. Come on. And so I'm, I'm thankful for this place. I'm thankful for this place. I'm thankful for you guys. Ashley shows up every single Saturday night and helps us set this place up. And I'm thankful for our team. Chase is looking good. Real men wear pink. I'm proud of you. I love, I love, love, love this church. There's a day that goes by and I think, man, I just... Uh, I don't know if I want, I don't like this. I had a friend of mine say to me the other day, he goes, I said, how's your church going? He goes, my church is getting to the place where I almost, if I was visiting town, I would actually want to visit my church. <laughs> a pastor said that of his home church. I'm like, yo, that sounds miserable. I've liked every single Sunday morning of this church for 40 something years. I love 40 something, 44 four years. I want to be here for 40 years. I don't want to be here for 40 years. I want to be here for like 20 years. And then I want to sit on the first row and make fun of the pastor for wearing skinny jeans. That's what I want to do. 
I want to stay long enough to make fun of all the things that we're doing. And by the time 20 years from now, all this stuff will be gone. It'll just be a piano probably in 20 years because the fads come around. So this may not last forever. There may not be drums in 20 years, but it'll be okay because everybody will be doing it and you won't know any different. We'll be going, we're, might be 20, we might be going back to the hymns, going back old school. Suits and ties. Okay, too far, too far. I'm thankful for this church and I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for you guys. I wrote down in my, note, in my, in my journal saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. I'm praying for your marriages. I'm praying for your finances. I'm praying that you'll have financial freedom. I'm praying that you'll have spiritual freedom. You'll have mental freedom. I'm praying that God will, God will deliver some of you guys in here today. I'm praying for immeasurably more for you guys. Some of you guys, are your, you send in prayer requests, and you can still send those prayer requests in at 21 days at hopeintergarden.com. We're praying for people to have homes. We're praying for people to, to be healed. We prayed this past week for, for the, doc, the doctors to guide, um, guide, guide surgeons, and, and God did that. And we're, just, we're, just, we're expecting God to do some incredible things. We're praying for you guys. We're praying for you guys. And then we get into the scripture today, um, Revelations chapter 22. This is, a, um, this is a great passage of scripture. It's awesome. It's, this is the last book of the Bible, so you, this is it. Like, if you, if you don't want to come back ever again, you don't have to because um, you, you got all the answers. You got the whole, you got, like, it's like when you go to class and the teacher goes, hey, I'm going to give you all the answers. Here's a study sheet, and then come back on Monday, or we're going to take the test. Like, here's all the answers to the test. They're coming right now. Revelations chapter 22, the Bible says in verse 7, hey, guys, look. Hope Church, look. I'm coming back soon. You don't have to look very far. I don't know if you know, if you've read the book, you know this. The Bible talks about in the end days, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Turn on the news or don't turn on the news. Just watch all your friends tell you the news on Facebook. I don't care what you got to do, but you don't got to look very far. There's wars and there's rumors of wars. You don't have to look far to see that. The Bible says there'll be famines. You don't look far to see there's, there's famines in our country. There's people in our city who don't have beds. There's people in our city who don't have meals. Last year, we packaged 12,000 meals, and we're going to double that this year. We're going to package more because there's people in our city who don't have meals to eat. There's famine in our, there's famine in our country. There's famine in our city. There's wars. There's, 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 um, there's um, all kinds of um, division. That's what we're looking for. There's all kinds of division in our, in our country and division in our world. Like we, we're living in the end times. One of the end times coming. They're here. We're, we're living in the end days. And there's a guy in the 60s who wrote a book out that says, you, uh, you know, he had X amount of reasons why God's coming back in the 60s. You guys remember 1999, we were all sitting around waiting for the world to end. It's the end of the world as we know it. Like we were just sitting around saying, this is it. We're all going to die. And those same exact wackos in 1999, no offense to you if you were one of those people, but you were sitting, they were sitting around in 2019, they're thinking, okay, just a few weeks ago, like 2020, this is the year. Like it's definitely going to shut down. And the Bible tells us this, that no man knows the day nor the hour when Christ is going to return. So quit trying to figure it out when he comes. But here's what we do know. The end is coming soon. The Bible says this. I, I, blessed are those who obey this book of prophecy written in this book. Blessed are all you guys, if, those of you guys that know this book, you're blessed. You're, you're blessed. If you're like, man, why won't God bless me? We'll learn this book. God will bless you. That's a freebie right there today. I didn't, they didn't, I didn't give that to them in the first service. That came just right now. Like, you want to be blessed, read this book, and you have all the blessings that you need. You're blessed if you know the prophecies. You're blessed if you know this book. It'll, it'll save you some heartache if you know this book. It'll save you some, 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 some frustrations if you, know this, if you know this book. Verse 8 says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and I saw all these things, the Bible says, I fell down and I worshiped God. I worship the angel who told me these things. And the angel said to me this, yo, you don't have to worship me. He says, I'm a servant. Jesus told, the angel told this to, to, the, to John and John wrote it down and, and, and John sees the angel and he bows down and starts worshiping. He's like, yo, I'm just an angel. I'm just, I'm just doing me, bro. Like, I'm just doing my part. 
I'm just, you should be doing your part. I should be doing my part. I'm just, I'm just delivering the message. Like, you should be worshiping God. We're in our, in our, in our um, community groups, we're doing a series called Basic, and, and we're, we're starting off with the very first week of our, co-ed, of our co-ed groups in just a few weeks, and the very first week is called The Fear of God. This guy, had the, this guy John, had the fear of God. I mean, we should have, the, we should have a holy reverence for, the, for God and God's word. When we have, if, if this book has been around as long as I say it's been around, and it's been around since the very beginning, and this is actually God, we ought to like, we, we ought to like, really like sit up and pay attention when we hear this. Guy. We ought to come with, when I talk about expectation, you ought to come with expectation, because if you come with expectation, you're on the edge of your seat and you're ready to go, you're gonna get a word that's gonna change your life. And here's the deal, if it changes your life, it could change the next generation's life. We're not, Hope Church isn't a church for today, we're a church that's fighting for the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. If you hide these words in your heart, the Bible says these words are a light into my feet and a heart into my heart, into my light. If I follow these words, you can break chains so your kids don't have to break those chains. I'm not struggling, I'm, I'm breaking chains that I, that, that I have, I'm breaking them so my kids don't have to have them. My dad broke chains so I didn't have to have them. You can break chains for your family and for the generations to come. You should be doing this for them. Don't let your kids, if you, if you, have, you struggle with addiction, don't let, for your, don't let your kids break that. Don't break that. You better break that. Don't leave that up for your kids to deal with. If you struggle with dysfunctional relationships, we all do, you're in good hands. But like, hey, get it, get it under control. Get it under control of it so your kids don't have to figure out, you figure out how to do that. The Bible says here, he goes, you, we ought to have a worship. We, have a, we ought to have a, a reverence and a respect for this word. Don't worship me, I'm just a servant. Just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book, worship only God. Hey, we worship a lot of things, and this book right here tells me we should be worshiping God. We worship a lot of things. Sometimes we worship our cars. Sometimes we worship our houses. Sometimes we worship our moms. Sometimes we worship our kids. Our kids. We've got to be careful what we worship. We've got to be careful what we worship. Sometimes we worship ourselves. We worship ourselves, trying to get that best selfie. Hashtag selfie, hashtag looking good, all the filters, duck lips, all the things. Like we try to really make ourselves, sometimes we worship ourselves. If you need an antidote to selfies, get some friends around you and take pictures with some people. Like you'll be better for it. Get some good people around you and let them. Some of you are like, well, you're just ugly. That's why you don't like selfies. I don't care what you say about me. <laughs> Jesus loves me. <laughs> Diana loves me. She's blind in one eye, but it's cool. No, I'm just kidding. Don't worship me, I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as those who obeyed this written in this book. And they should worship only God. We ought to worship only God, friends. Then he instructed me this. He goes, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book for the time is near. Like, don't stop believing. Don't stop reading. Don't start doing things. Like, the time's coming near. Like, it's coming near. Don't take a, don't take a break. Like, dig in deeper. Learn a little bit more. Pray a little bit harder. Fast a little bit more. Learn some more things. Learn some more scriptures. Some of you guys, you learn a lot of verses in kids' ministry and Sunday school, but that's only verses that you learned in a long time. Like, let's learn some new Bible verses. Let's apply some new scripture. I told, our serv- I told our first service, like, we know the Bible. We don't need more verses to learn. You know what we need? We need to start doing the verses that we already do now. That would be like, we, you cannot read the Bible anymore and just practice the verses that you do know, and your life would look different, would act different. We, we would be different. He goes, don't seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. So here's what he says. If you're living in sin, go ahead, keep on living in sin. That sounds weird. Let the one who's vile, let them continue to be vile. Let the one who's righteous, let them continue to live righteous. And let the one who is holy continue to live holy. Like, hey, the time is near, it's going to end, 
And to change your behavior, it's going to be too late then. To change the way you're living, it's going to be too late then. What I want to encourage you today, this word here today is saying, hey, don't wait till it's too late to start living the life that you're supposed to live. Like, live the life that you know you should live. Live it right now. Some of us are living multiple lives. We're living the life that we think we're living. We're living the life that we actually are living. Or we're thinking about the life that we want to live. Like, we got to live the life that we're now. we got to live the life according to this book. This book, this book will tell you how to live your life. You'll, you'll be better for you. The Bible says in this verse, you'll be blessed for following this book. Do you want to be blessed? I know you do. I've never met anyone who says, you know, I don't want to be blessed. I actually want things to get a lot worse. Could you, Wes, could you pray that things will get worse in my life? I've never heard anyone say that before. They've always, uh, people say to me, man, I want my life to be better. Would you, could you pray that my life will get better? Would you pray that God will heal and give direction and direct? Could you pray that for me? I'd love that if, if, if God would do that in my life. And he says here, I mean, we've got we to gotta do the words of this book. If you guys are living the wrong kind of life, go ahead. If you're living right, then keep living right. And here's what he says. Again, he goes, hey, guys, I'm coming soon. He's given this to a, a bunch of people like you and I. He's given this book to Christians. He's like, hey, Christians, hey, do this book. Hey, live these words. Hey, do these things that you see me do and that you hear me like, do these things. You should be doing this book. So let's keep on reading. He says here, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to do vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to, be, to live righteous. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. I love that verse. I'm coming soon. I'm bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to the deeds. Like God's gonna come back the Bible tells us he's going to separate us from the left and the right, and he's going to separate us. He's, some of the sheep and some of the goats. The sheep are going to come into heaven, and the goats are going to go to a place called hell. Where that's where we're going to be. He's going to separate us. At the very end of time, he's going to put us all in the room. He's going to separate us all. I don't know what, what, what um, stadium is going to be that big up to hold that many people, but he's going to put us all in there. He's all right, cool. All of you guys have lived holy, come on in. You guys haven't lived holy, then you guys, you're, 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 there's, a, there's a place for you. There's a place for you if you live holy. And there's a place for you if you don't live holy. There's, a, there's, there's two places. And he says here in this passage of scripture, if we, as we keep on reading, he goes, I'm going to repay all those people in their deeds. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and set this up to make sure that these guys are going to get the reward that, they are, that they're going to be given. And so we see here in this, this next verse, it says here, I am the alpha, I am the omega, I am the beginning, and I'm the very end. I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, on the very beginning and on the very end. God is in your life today, but he's also in your life tomorrow. He's also gonna be in your life down the road from now. He's gonna be, he's always gonna be. The Bible says at the very beginning, God was there. He's here today and he's already in. Did you notice about our God? This is so cool to me. Our God is already, whenever he started the world, the very beginning, he was already at the end of the world. At the same exact time, God was at both places. That's our God. Aren't you so glad that you serve a God today that you can't get your full, you can't fully grasp, get your arms around, that you can't fully comprehend? I'm gonna read this book the rest of my life because it changes me, it makes me new, it makes me a better husband, it makes me a better dad, it makes me a better son. I'm, it's supposed to be making me a better son, dad. I'm really trying to, like, it's supposed to be making me better. I'm reading this book because I'm putting these words in me. It's, it's making me better. It makes me a better leader for you. It helps me love people more. It helps me serve more. It helps me give more. I want to read it, but as long as I read it, I will never fully grasp all that God has for me. I'll never fully get it all. But I'm not going to not read it. I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to get it all. So I want to keep on reading it because every year I read the book, every day I read the book, I'm going to learn more. God's going to make me more new. God's going to be doing a new thing in me even more. I want to keep on hiding these words in my heart. I want it to change me. He can change you, my friends. He can change your life. He can change your life. So here's what he says. He gets into it. He's like, hey, now he's preaching a word, isn't he? Like, this is a pretty powerful 
This word was so powerful. This word was so powerful in the scripture today that a lady, her husband didn't make it. She went home, told her husband it was good. He, showed, he, he walked in just a few moments ago. He's like, I'm going to come here. <laughs> he goes, hey, guys, are you hearing me? I'm going to say it one more time. Come on, I'm going to repay all those according to their deeds, and I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning. And verse 14, blessed are those who wash their robes. And now you're probably thinking, I don't own a robe. You do own a robe. The Bible says the moment you are saved, you were, given, you were given a cloth of righteousness or a robe of righteousness. You are the righteousness of God. Are you acting like it? Are you living like it? Are you serving like it? Are you giving like it? You're the righteousness of God. Oh, I want deeper theology. There's nothing deeper than that. You're the righteousness of God. I just really, man, I just really want to, you know, just, just apply that to your life. You're the, are you living like the righteousness of God? You going and moving and doing like the, you're the righteous. You are, that's how God sees you as righteous. People around you, they don't, do they see you as righteous? Because they can. Like are the most righteous time that you ever are, it, I, I hope that the most righteous you are is not in Sunday mornings from 10.30 to 11.45. Because this isn't really righteous. This is just listening to me talk. And sure, it's God's word and you're soaking it in and you can apply it. But it, the battlegrounds when you walk out of here. What you do with it is so much greater than, than, than just than hearing it. Hearing it, doesn't, it doesn't cost you a lot of energy to hear it. But to go out and live it out, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother ball game. I, I, I titled this message, I didn't give it to you, but it's called Go Big or Go Home. It's called Go Big, Go Big or, or Go Home. Because I'm coming soon. Verse 14, blessed are those who wash their robes. Blessed are those people who live their life right. They're saved and they live like they're saved. I know a lot of people are saved, but they don't live like they're saved. Like, Blessed are those who are saved and they look like they're saved and they act like they're saved and they worship like they're saved. And they're gonna be permitted, they're gonna be permitted into the into the gates of the city and they're gonna eat their fruit from the tree of life. You know, we're gonna get that tree of life. Adam and Eve messed that up for us, but we are gonna get the fruit of we're gonna get that fruit. We're gonna get that fruit. <laughs> That's what I should have called them as we're gonna get that fruit. We're gonna we best believe we're gonna get that fruit. Nudge your neighbors say, we getting that fruit, we getting that fruit, we getting that fruit. Hey, if you ain't nudging them, you ain't getting that fruit. That's just how it works. I said, nudge your neighbor. Hey, verse 15, outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. Are you fitting in that category? Because he says, hey, you ain't making it in. You ain't making it in. If you're living a lie, if you're going hard on the weekends, you ain't making it in. Like we got to live lives that look like what we believe. He's telling this church, like, hey, we gotta, we should look different. We should act different. My kids do this thing now. They're like, hey, dad, touch your nose. And I'm like, why? Like, touch it. Like, I told them, I was like, you're nosy. <laughs> they think it's so funny. You're nosy. Hey, we ought to, hey, touch yourself. Like, are you living like Jesus? Are you serving like Jesus? Are you acting like Jesus? Are you helping people like Jesus? Are you giving like Jesus? Are you serving? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you, are you reading the word? Because that's, we should be doing those things. He's telling us, hey, guys, you ought to, I'm coming back soon, guys. Let's be ready. There's a guy by the name of Francis Chan. He has, he, his grandma said this. I never, she, she wouldn't see movies. And he's like, grandma, why don't you see movies? And she said, I don't want God to come back and him see me wasting time. Now, I'm not against movies, and I still see movies. That was her own, that was her own conviction. <laughs> but she's like, hey, but, but what she, the point was good. It's like, hey, I want to make sure I'm living my life right when God comes back. I do too. Like, I want, to come, I want God to come back when I'm serving somebody, loving somebody serving somebody. I don't want them to come back when I pass by that person that will strain on side of the road. I don't want to, I don't want them to come back then. I want them to come back when I'm helping somebody. I don't want them to come back when I'm in a season of bitterness. 
frustration and anger with, with people. I don't want to come out. I don't want them to come back after I just hurt somebody. I want to come back when I'm like I'm swinging for the fence, when I'm all in, when I'm going big for the kingdom. I want to come. I want to, that's when I want to come back. He, so he says here, he goes, man, there's people. There are people that will be in. There are people that will be out. And here's the beautiful thing about God is that whoever wants to come can come in. Like this is bad news if there's a criteria to get in, isn't it? Just nod your head. Like this is bad news. Like if the criteria to get into heaven was to be batting a thousand and never making a mistake and never seeing like that would be like, oh man, that's bad news. But God says anybody who wants to come into the family can come in. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they can be saved. That's our God. He gives us a cloak of righteousness. I mean, he's like, this is this a hard message that you don't have to shake your head or not, but like he's like preaching hard to him. Like, and I'm like all about God's love. And I, here's the thing about God's love. Like, God's love is a better motivator than fear. It's like, I do what I do because God loves me. I don't do it because if I don't, then God's gonna curse me. I'm like, God loves me? Of course I wanna serve him. Of course I wanna give and serve and love and do. I wanna, I wanna do all those things. The Bible says in James, don't be a hearer of the word only, but be a doer of the word. I wanna do God's word because he loves me. Like my, kids love, my kids know that I love them, they'll do whatever I ask them to do. Try to love our team. If I, if I love my team, our, our team, they, they serve well, they love well. Like, I want to love people well. If people know you love them, they'll do anything for you. So he says here in this passage of scripture, he gets a little bit more into it. He goes, I'm both the source of David. He goes, I have sent my angel to give you this message for the, all the churches. This is for you and I today. Like, this isn't just for revelations. This is for you and I. It gives ready for the end times, and we're in that. Here's what he says to us. The spirit and the bride say, come, let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, anyone who had hope church who's thirsty, let them come. Let anyone who is, desires to drink freely, let them come to the water of life. And anybody who's hungry can come and anybody who's naked can come and anybody who's needing some spiritual direction, they can come. Anyone who's looking for some financial direction, they can come. And anyone who needs some help, anyone who is tired and weary of trying to make it on their stinking own, anyone who lives like that, they can come. Anyone can come. Anyone can come. You don't have to act right, smell right, do right before you come. You can come. But then once you come, then God will change you. But it'll never change you unless you come because, hey, come on in. Come on, guys. Come on. The spirit of the bride said, come. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the word, everyone at Hope Church who hears the prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add that person to the plagues described in this book. And by the way, you don't want to know about the plagues. Like if you don't like frogs a little bit, you definitely won't like the plagues. If you don't like grasshoppers, AKA locusts, you will definitely not like the plagues that we read about in the Old Testament. Look them up for yourself. We're not mature enough to read about those yet in church. AKA, I'm scared. I'm afraid of those plagues. I don't want anything. I mean, if I read about the plagues, you would get the creepies in church and it would not be the Holy Spirit. He's gonna say, anybody who adds this, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add plagues. You're gonna, you're gonna be in trouble if you add words to this, if you add words to this book. There's people out there that are adding words to this book. They're in trouble. You're in trouble. But he also says this, and if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. If you take away anything, you're in trouble. If you add anything, you're in trouble. If you take away anything, you are in bad, you're in bad shape. You don't want, don't be that guy. Like, that's one guy you don't want to add or take away from anything in this book. You want to follow this book. You want to follow it the best you can. It's here for a reason. God didn't put anything in there extra that he didn't mean to put in there. 
He didn't leave anything out in there that you needed to know that was going to help you. God says, hey, leave, these, leave this book the way it is and apply it to your life. Apply this book to your life. Verse 19 says this, and if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person and share in the tree of life and the holy city that are described in this book. Verse 20, he who is faithful witnesses to all these things say, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And then he says here, I know I was really strong on you, and I let you know that you've got to get your stuff together, and I want you to get your stuff together. If you have Christ on the inside, then it should look like it on the outside. When you go places and you do things, it should look like you have salvation. I know I said all that to you guys, and I really, I really meant it, and I want you to live your life right because I'm coming back. I also want you to know this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, God's holy people. It's like one of those things where if you know you got to correct somebody, you want to start off with a positive then you want to do the negative, and then you do, it's called a positive sandwich, right? So you're like, hey, man, you did a really, really good job with that. I'm proud of you, but you, you need to, if you can work on this, but man, you really did this good. That's called a positive sandwich. You have to use that in, our, in, our, in this generation today. If not, you'll offend somebody. They, by the way, they're, they're just, they're, there's beta testing for this new, um, because everyone gets offended so easily nowadays. It doesn't take much to get offended. It's like you can just think about getting offended, and you're offended, you know? They're making up this thing. They're making this thing, you guys, where you can, it's, a, it's a roll of toilet paper that you mount on the side of your face. So when you cry, you can just pull out the toilet paper and just. <laughs> Am I making that up? I saw it on social media. <clears throat> hey, let's follow this book. Do you want to follow this book? Like, it's where we learn about salvation. So here's the, that's some, I made some observation. Here's the application. Here's number one. Salvation closes the gap between us and God. Salvation closes the gap between us and God. Like there, you are a sinner. I was a sinner. And that caused a huge gap between us and God. But the Bible that I read about says this, that if you and I will give our life to Christ and we, we accept salvation, that closed the gap between you and, you and God and, and me and God. Like he closed the gap. You need salvation today. This whole book says, hey, you need a word inside of you, and the word that you need to, for some of you guys say, it's the word salvation. Salvation closed the gap between us and God, and there's a huge gap there, and the way the gap was filled was through the cross of Jesus Christ, and he tells us, here's the second thing, salvation is the first step in you and I becoming like Jesus. You want to become like Jesus. I want to become like Jesus. We all need to become like Jesus. Your marriage will be better if you become like Jesus. Your family will be better if you become like Jesus. The generations that will follow you will become better if you become like Jesus. And the only way for you to become like Jesus is not if you pull up your bootstraps and be a better person, be a better Christian. The only way for you to become like Jesus is through salvation. Only way for you to become like Jesus is through salvation. Here's the third thing. Some of you guys here that you've been saved for a long time, but you're not really acting saved. You're not giving like you're saved. You're not serving like you're saved. You don't even smell like you're saved. But God wants you today to start acting like you're saved. Here's what he tells you. Salvation, where God has brought you too far to leave you where you're at. Some of you guys say, you've been saved for a long time, but you, you're like in an idle stage. You're not going, you're not doing, you're not living. You're a hearer of the word. And it's awesome to be a hearer of the word, but you gotta be a hearer of the word and you gotta be a doer of the word. And the, God tells us in his word, he's brought you way too far to leave you where you're at. So today, some of you guys say, you need to believe again. You need to trust God again. You need to believe that God is the alpha. He is the omega, like talks about, he's the very beginning and this is the very end. The Bible says that if he started your salvation, he will complete your salvation. So if you're here today and you believe today that God's doing something in your life, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to give your, put your hands together. I want you, if you want to give God a shout of praise today, let's believe today that God wants to do more with us. Let's believe that we can act different, that we can talk different. We've got a word 
we can build our life on a better foundation than what the Lord has to offer us. What we have is permanent. It's not temporary. It'll last forever. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. Let's sing the words out to the song today because he's able to do all the things that he says he can do in this word today. salvation. It's about giving your life to Christ. You won't have the power without salvation. You won't have the direction that you're looking for in your life without salvation. You won't know where to go, what to do if you don't have salvation. Salvation is the answer to all life's questions. You'll stay confused without salvation. You'll be without peace without salvation. There's so many things that we heard about today. Like We, we get salvation on this earth. It's not just for heaven. It's for today. We can have heaven in us right now. So if you're here today and you say, Westman, I'd love to have heaven in me right now. Like, I'd love to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I need that. I want that. The Bible tells us in this room here today that we're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. And because we missed the mark, we've sinned. We're separated from God. And because we're separated from God, there's a penalty for our sin. And 
that separation from God forever, and it's our eternity is in a place called hell. That's, that's what the Bible teaches. That's what it tells us in Revelation chapter 22. But the Bible doesn't stop there. God, the Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins. Romans chapter 5 verse 8, eight says, while we were yet sinners, Christ commended or he gave his love for us so that we can have a new life. We can have salvation. You can have salvation today, friend. You can know today that Christ lives in you. You can have heaven in you today. You get to have that right now. But the Bible also tells in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you can be saved. You can have salvation. So that's on you. Salvation doesn't, salvation won't just show up in your inbox. The only way to have salvation is to ask for it. So if you're here today and you say, Wes, I've never been saved before. And I, if God came back today, I would, I don't, I'm not sure where my attorney would be at, but I want to know that. I want to have salvation. If that's you in here today, would you just say, dear Jesus, right? We have dear Jesus. Know that, I'm a know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm far from you. But today, I give my life to you. Save me. Change me. Make me new. I want to be like you. Lord, you can have my whole life. I'll do whatever you want. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Thank you for saving me. Be my leader. Be my guide. I need you. 